was going to do, do the start in French, and then I chickened out. So I was going to start <laughs> <laughs> Alan, the fact that you told us that, I'm so disappointed in you. Give us, give us a go. This is not the Leave okay. Wizard oral. Aral. That's you, I'm not sure. See, I didn't do French. I just Googled it or Google translated. Go on. French. Bonjour. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, bonsoir, je suis Alan McGuire. Uh, je suis Sarah Maria Griffin. Je Bienvenue suis... à Juvenalia, un podcast de nos un personne interessante, un peu de culture pop qui est très importante pour et quand ils étaient en June. <laughs> That's amazing! I did not do French for leaving started in German. Oh, I did! I would, I would That's not, great! <laughs> I would not have done much better with a German translation of it. Our guest today is a returning guest. It's Jen O'Dwyer from The Creep Dive and Vulture Club and Mother of Pod. And... Uh, Zoom heroin, along with Cassie and Sophie, get, kept us all going through the COVID. Um, you're I'm still mad I missed out on all the creep lives. I'm still like I I feel like I've missed a cultural moment. So they were so, so in, much fun. insulting, yeah. Sarah. Would you not just lie, lie to I, my face? <laughs> I was too busy. I was too busy crying on the hour every hour for three months to sit down and enjoy myself, Jen. I'm so sorry. sorry. Yeah, well, I tell you one thing. You've missed a fucking avalanche sorry you're this is a bad language show i guess i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine great we're in i'm in anyway it has been a hilarious creep time through the zoom the things we've seen and heard and told each other it, 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 it it's it's been mad it was brilliant it was brilliant we did the zoom every thursday so um lots of people came along and uh it was just fuck, it was just a madhouse it's very nerve-wracking though initially you know because it's the same as a show. So we yeah, you did a live show, yeah. Yeah, so it's effectively like Wayne's World. That's, like it's, yeah. And it, uh, so you did find I, I did a few dress up moments and then my favorite one was the ha- the haunting Zozo. So if you think about it, I personally like it was my story, it was my favorite one. I loved watching myself back doing that story. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a gif of that doll flying off your radiator. I actually, I've very carefully about context, and I'm kind of looking over your shoulder at the radiator, going, "Oh God, that's where the doll was." Yeah, she's not here today. <laughs> Good. Oh well. Next time. <laughs> so today we are. So the last time you were here, we talked about like just the internet in general in the '90s, and we're kind of talking about like the television equivalent of Rotten.com. Of Rotten.com today, I think it's just you say the word. Yes. Introduce to Alan. Us. Today. We're talking about your trash. Yes, we are. It does not get better than this in terms of... This is how we get cancelled. This is how we all go into the end. Now, I have a few... I've, I know we're, we're going to be walking a fine line here. I'm fully oh, yeah. aware. Oh, yeah. But what we all three of us need to remember on this journey is the just good vibes coming off this show for the most part. Yeah. Can, do you agree or not agree? Like, it's, oh, totally, you. it's yeah, yeah, totally yeah. innocent and campy and fun, and it's uh, it's it enthusiastic. It was carry on late night TV. Like, yeah. It was like a charm festival, a festival of yeah. charm. Largely, also, yeah. very important to remember, and I think we should get to set it away now that Eurotrash ran from when I was nine till I was about twenty. So wow. all of this is stuff we should not have been watching. Like, oh yeah, one hundred percent should not be watching this. 100%. Yeah. This is puberty so, masturbation age. Uh, like this, this, this is, yeah. is young pu- puberty people uh, furiously doing the things, but learning effectively the first introduction into, well, if you were a female, the first time you might've seen a flaccid willy that wasn't accidentally your dad's or maybe your brother's. And that's a like, big moment in time. That's true. Full frontal realness. The, like, the, the, yeah, sure. The only other time I'd seen a willy was when my neighbour, Patrick, came down one of those slip and slides and one of his balls fell out of the neck part of his jo- of his <laughs> togs. You remember, you remember the net section? I'm, yeah. So it was very familiar. With I remember it, yeah. just being like, oh, I, OK, there, there's that's what's, you know, and you're just it's gross. And yeah. Anyway, then came Euro uh, Trash. 1993 mm-hmm. was the first year of do you know what? It, it, it was around the time uh, and they coined this post-pub TV, which was exactly yes. when people were coming home locked, looking for a bit of whatever, on the t- anything on the television, mm-hmm. and they'd stumble across this show. And it Most was... Most post-pub TV was like... Um, it would generally be like some people standing around the loft and there would be a band having a very awkward interview with like Lauren Laverne exactly. or Sarah Cox or something. The Girly Show was another big example of it. Bingo. All around the same yeah. time. And it was yeah. very, uh, you know, it was always a bit sexy or bad language, put, you know, 
mm. titillating stuff, but no, no, sure, no one had ever seen anything like Euro Trash. It was kind of, how do I put it? It was exactly the Eurovision vibe. I mean, it was Europe. It was mm. Britain and UK's sort of introduction into, you know, the strangeness of Euro the rest of Europe. So, mm. it, you know, and it was all very, two French presenters, Antoine Ducanu and the very famous Jean-Paul Gaultier, who you may or may not know. Yeah. French, uh, perfect. I can't believe it's the man himself. It's the I fucking cannot. man himself. It's so weird that he, did, that he did it for four years as well. Those, well, here's here's the thing. They were. I think he learned signs once either. They were best mates. They had been mates for mm. years before this started, which is why the chemistry is so good between mm. them. They're pals, and apparently, um, was John Paul had lost his partner, um. And he agreed to this show and thought, like, this would be, this would keep me going, bit of fun, something light. And it really did for him. He has hugely fond memories of the show. Uh, and they're still pals now. They've both obviously gone on to, it didn't ruin their careers. But no, guess, no, it really didn't. You'll never guess who else featured on this show. Only Davina McCall. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. And Graham Norton. Graham Norton, hilarious. So it was all the kind of, like, who would go on to become the faces of, I guess, Channel 4. Channel 4, yeah. Mm. Amazing. Uh, so that was 1993. But look, it, it, the show is not without its controversy. And the biggest controversial element of the show is the presence of Lulu Ferrari. The woman... Lolo Ferrari. Lu, could be either, Alan. I'm not 100%. Yeah, she the woman with the biggest breasts in the world, not yeah. not natural, Sarah. No, 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 no. Um, and she passed away as well, didn't she, she? She passed away in not great circumstances. So mm. true. So the show had, had the whole show was just little snippets of, buddy. I don't know what you'd call them in television, like little, it's not, it's like it's like Sesame Street, like little bits of like tiny information segments. Yeah linked together under a theme in the you way know, Sesame Street was. You know when you're on holidays in like Spain when you're a child and yeah. you walk into like a gift shop and there's like a donkey and like traditional like a snow globe and a flag and like an Eiffel Tower and then there's postcards with naked people on them. <laughs> exactly. That's what your trash is. That exact aesthetic, that exact energy, the level of grossness within that postcard rack. Yeah. And like at that same period in your life when you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. I can't believe I'm staring at this. How does this exist in life? And that's 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 what was happening on the television show. And it yeah. was sensationally popular. Yeah. Oh, it was huge. It had like a 20% audience share. Yeah. Speak. I kept reading the same right. fact about it costing £500,000 to produce every episode. Yeah, it, Did it you was, read that? Yeah, it was like made very expensively to look very cheap. Yeah. Because they filmed in Paris as well, so they didn't, they didn't have to go over gotcha so that's probably part of it but, but it, yeah it was like a very big deal for channel four even though it we remember as like this kind of cheap smutty grubby kind of and fun we thing, never but, were told anybody we watched it. oh no you could never be caught no. watching it out of no. your among your friends oh never so the idea of it being popular is like dissonant because you're like but only i personally watched that and how dare you even say that near me excellent yeah. point it is a private <laughs> moment that we all had together amongst each other privately unbeknownst to each other <laughs> i had a t- oh, yeah, yeah, exactly i had a television in my room around that around that age. so did i yeah i think that's a program a show for people who had televisions in the rooms yeah and do you remember yeah. doing the scan television <laughs> that's yeah. the one uh, tiny television that you buy with your confirmation money <laughs> and uh, you do the cha- the channels scan and so it would take like hours of to kind of log into an analog you know channel so you'd have three or four channels but would i be right in saying channel four was one of those or was that a satellite other we, channel four. You uh, we had cable so we had channel four yeah anyway oh yeah we did channel four and if we were very crafty we could also get sky well i mean not me uh just tg Kaher and euro trash is what filled <laughs> my head uh, both incredibly uh, good uh, for different my, reasons. 
my TV in my room had the remote control had a backup button where it would go back to the last channel you were on. Oh god! So you would set up a safe channel and then put on Eurotrash with your finger that on the backup button. No. Yeah. That is it. That must have been exclusively for that. What other reason would that exist? I guess you were flicking between two things. Okay, you could go like shift you know. and that arrows that lets you switch yeah. between tabs. That's stealth, man. But I mean, it's, it's those things where it's like, oh yeah, the incognito tab is for shopping for presents for your partner. It's like, sure it is. Yeah, yeah sure it is. <laughs> As well, that was back when televisions took a second. There was a, like a, a a black and a then, whoop, onto the next channel. Like there was like a black screen and then you go to the next channel. There was a fucking pause. So if you were a second off of changing the channel, you were stung. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, like well it's funny you should say that because and uh, I can't remember who it was but it was an MP at the time in the UK didn't he catch his son so they would complain to be rolling in weekly uh, yeah. for this show um, but there was somebody in the I can't remember his name Nick Scott it was Nick Scott is that his name government person in the UK yeah, he's like currently at, currently among the Brits who are at it, I think, at the moment, right? Okay, well, he, Still at it. he exactly, so he caught his son watching Eurotrash, couldn't believe what he was seeing, and then was part of the kind of, you know, cancellation process of the show. Mm. But um, some of the lads, some of the things that was, were going down, I would listen to a podcast, and it was an interview with one of the producers. She wasn't a producer. She was. It was a BBC Four podcast, and she was one of the voiceover people. So if you remember the show, oh yeah, they'd go to some nudist camp, let's say, uh, in yeah. Germany, and they'd interview in German. Uh, but what you'd be listening to then on the show would be a dubbed in a Cockney or Yorkshire accent, yeah. kind of. And 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 I I had I wondered like whether they had really been saying in German what the dub but apparently they had some liberties but ultimately it was pretty accurate which was good but uh, she was being interviewed it was funny during the interview because she was like prepped for a challenge like an acknowledgement of the sort of she was kind of defensive but the guys interviewing her were were not challenged they were like look this was a kind of I don't know. There's a lot of problematic things. I think looking back and looking at it now in today's world, the, there was a, this sit it on your knee section where Anton, one of the presenters, yeah. would have like some kind of sexy lady who would have been like a page three model type in maybe a, a European country would come on, didn't speak any English, obviously. Anton, Mr. France, uh, speaking to the viewers in French. Uh, and sort of, she was just smiling, confused, and then he, she would, he would have them sit on his lap, and it, or maybe fondle a single tit, and the whole thing with a backdrop of this kind of colorful sort of childlike staging. It was just fucking weird. So that was not the bits I enjoyed most. The bits I enjoyed most was, for instance, you know, puppetry of the penis. And um, there was a painting one on one episode. Oh, wait, this is an interesting bit. Sorry. Can you hear my children screaming? No. No. Grant. Oh, wait. They're so annoying. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> someone else is with them. So uh, it was... Distant rave. Yeah. Distant rave. <laughs> so the show gets cancelled. Years pass and Brexit comes up, right? So somebody had the idea to do a new Brexit special of Eurotrash. Right, uh, so this fucking happened. Uh, I have, I cannot. Channel Four have wiped it off of all their platforms. Really? I can't find any torrents. Yeah, because I didn't hear anything about this. I feel like I have like a, it, it's like my dog whistle. Someone goes Euro trash, and I'm like, what? Where? Yeah, like, and I <laughs> exactly. And I, yeah. I missed it too at the time. Uh, but they thought, I, I, what would the thinking be? Like Europe, we were all chatting about Europe. Maybe this would endear, you know, the UK public to what it's like, Europe yeah, has to look offer. With, Look what you're going to be missing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, like during the show, this like painter guy dressed in this kind of rubberized um, uh, angel suit paints a picture of Gaudi- uh, Jean Paul Gaultier with his dick, and it's re- the portrait is revealed at the end of the show. They have this fucking mad, just the usual shit, like nudie cleaners and you know farting yeah. a fart a man who's a super who can fart on cue and they go to his naked home aerobics and yeah. naked aerobics they remember back they had another guy who apparently this is on the interview the bbc interview he made his own house out of his own shit so he made bricks of his own shit and then built a house out of it and apparently the crew got to you know they traveled over i think it was in germany 
Germany. No, no, I'm focusing on Germany here a lot. I'm sorry. That's just where a lot of the weird shit happened in the show. It really is, isn't it? Belgium and Germany were two. Belgium was a big one. Yeah. The food stuff as well. The, the more perverted stuff was Belgium, I think. Yeah. Uh, wait, so speak. Okay, anyway, the shit house, right? The crew got there. Yeah. The smell of the place was, they all refused. They were like, we're not going, we're not going in here. Like, they refused to do it. So they, they had to, like, hire a new emergency crew from the area who were happy to go into the house. It was just like chaos, constantly just like, I, we can't do this. The be- speaking of Belgium, right? I gotta get this guy's name. So this is a legitimate artist, man. Jesus, you know when your tabs just disappear when you're, you do everything wrong? Uh, so I can't remember his name, Belgian artist, but I think it's Cochlear or something. He built, it was a machine that, again, shit, it, this scatological focus in the show was incredible. Mm. So he built, it was part of a, it was a legitimate piece of art, like a concept piece of art that, and he went on to be a pretty well, recognized artist so you it was a huge machine uh tubes and different kind of transparent big glasses of acid and things churning so what you do is you get your dinner and you'd funnel it into the mouth of the machine and then through a process of literal like digestion you could watch Ah. it then move through the machine and then just come out as a poo and then you could buy the poos in the gift shop after and it, it is absolutely brilliant belgian a lot of what was on your was just nothing. performance art it was just this it, it was basically yeah, like a show about performance art that they got people to watch by dressing it up with occasional nudity yeah absolutely right like, that's a really good point yeah, yeah. Maybe it was all kind of performance like those egghead stuff. women they were performance they, they you, see, you can see them at like a street festival doing juggling probably they were they were actual yeah. artists sure you're totally yeah. right and i guess it would be easy like imagine right you were part of the production team and you were like all right look lads we've got to go out and get some of this weird shit for this mm. television show where's the first place you're gonna go Art college, yeah, yeah. behind the students. Belgian <laughs> yeah. art college. I mean, it, there is nobody more stupid. I I am an art college person. I went there. We went to the same art college. Jen. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Just a shower of nonsense, right? Just, uh, just an absolute, uh, like unbelievable nonsense. But it's just brilliant crack because it's just oh, so removed from reality and the you just glimmers of brilliance totally you don't it doesn't nothing matters like anymore it's just like you know forget what you once knew and welcome to this new world the problem is then yeah. you leave art college and you're like oh shit i know i'm can't i need money here <laughs> yeah. oh i'm under quality i remember being told once that i hadn't gone to a real college that i had attended a fabric house and i was like Wow, kind of, I, yeah, man. I know a fabric house. What does that even mean? <laughs> but it rang very true. However, like, but that, like, I feel like in terms of especially early exposure to like sexuality or things like that, art galleries, like mm. being my first experiences in Emma and just being like frozen dead still in front of a painting of a dick, being like, yeah, totally. What's the- how does this work? Yeah. Oh dear. Like just like, so, it's like again, there's that good old heteromysia like blooming in me as a fucking child. I'm like, oh no. What's that performance? <laughs> first a, of many. A really <laughs> famous before, performance art, artist called Mick McCarthy, or is it? I think it's Mick McCarthy. Fuck. Anyway, really famous, twisted performance artist from the seventies mad stuff a lot of scatological stuff but it's just wildly weird like stuff you'd never seen it would just blow your mind it's just like the workings of you would consider to be just madness mania but then in the context of art or you know european exotica it's sort of kind of digestible and then you you know it's something we can talk about you know what i mean it's sort of somehow normal yeah if you put like a yeah, amused voiceover over sure. it, kind of weirdly respectable. You, you, can, you kind of feel like it can anybody can engage with it then once. Yeah, there's someone with like a, an approachable accent talking about it to you. Totally, but so, what what yeah. is it, it? What it is? I don't know. It wasn't the same time then, and I understand why Channel Four have wanted like wiped, wiped it. Wiped it. Um, mm. But it still represents a sort of just silly stupidness that mm. you know. I, I really enjoy and still yeah. enjoy it's just 
I think it's well, the hosts, they both, obviously John Paul Gaultier being a gay man, and they featured a lot of bisexual, uh, LGBT uh, queer community people on the show too. Like tons way of it. Before you would have seen, way mm. before you would have seen mm. anything that even vaguely resembled the queer community, let alone the leather community, totally. let alone- Drag or, it was all yeah, there. Drag. Like mm-hmm. any all the different gradients and layers of it when it was still a like book for obviously bad reasons a subculture mm-hmm. and it it was the fringes and when we see it now although I do agree there were some people and it was uh, Lulu or Lolo it was Lulu Ferrari yeah is it Lolo I'm pretty sure it's Lolo Lolo yeah, yeah. Lolo well when she she was absolutely unwell right and it just you felt it watching it and there was a real sadness there and she went on to there was a bit of controversy over how she died in the end but I think officially it's that she took her own life but her husband who was um, with her during this whole time very interested in the big pushing the big breast thing um featured on your trash a lot anytime she was filmed he was hovering in the background he was arrested for a period of time under suspicion of being murder. murdered you know, that he had something to do with her death um so that was definitely a section that felt like it, this was not good you know that way and mm. she went uh, she had a sad a life but there was other solid silly and like playful. a playful part of it that it felt like everyone was in on the joke do you know it didn't feel like was, anybody was being it's such a rare feeling to get from something it's everyone here is playing along and everything here is yeah like i'm gonna be like consented to everything everyone here is operating on the same footing yeah you know it did feel it, yeah i think even back then when you when you think about the things that happened thereafter like the whole of Big Brother in terms of exploiting vulnerable people. Oh, oh my the God. whole of reality t- television that has happened since then. So this is all pre any of that. How oh. much worse it all got. Uh, so really and truly that maybe it was the start of an interest. I, can't, I don't think I would put them in the same bracket, but it, it no. does show you how we've sort of learned and what we've learned as a culture to decide is not acceptable and what is acceptable. And um, as we sort of try, as we eliminate things in terms of acceptability, you know, there's going to be a bit of kickback and a bit of kind of a, okay, guys, I'm 100% do not want anyone getting hurt here. I'm definitely want consent across the board. I don't, we don't want to be, you know, manipulating, putting anyone vulnerable in a position of, of badness, but we do want weirdness and we are open for that in a, from a, from kind of a entertainment stand. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. it's okay. Yeah. It was, it's okay. It, you know, if they're, you know, it's, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's Coming in sorry. at the same level. Like, it's so hard to, with the way reality television has become about exploitation and manipulation and exploiting, like, vulnerable people for entertainment. This is, bef- this is literally, different aspects of subcultures often sexual ones across Europe definitely featured real people and there were definitely like staged uncomfortable or like <laughs> weird scenarios in it yeah but it wasn't the same as the long-term like damaging yeah in things like put a bunch of vulnerable people in a house with cameras no not at all there's a Charlie Brooker article it's the first um piece in his book Screenworm, which is a collection of his TV reviews, and it's about Eurotrash's fourteenth uh, season in two thousand. And he basically says like Eurotrash is too innocent now compared to the trash that's on television. Sure. Like yeah. all the Ibiza uncovered stuff and uh like that one where they oh what was that one that the sky erased it completely where they put a trans woman on a like a yacht with eleven straight men. What? And didn't tell them that she was oh, trans. Jesus oh Alan, God. I remember that show. Yeah. What was it called? Do you, yeah. do you remember what it was called? I can't remember. It's I'm pretty sure the title was pretty offensive. Um but Sky have just erased that. Like mm. so all the, like so like compared to all that, Eurotrash was very innocent and campy and fun. Charlie Rooker did have the best description of it ever. He said it was um, a masturbator's minefield. <laughs> like a buffet, Alan. Yeah, like a buffet, yeah. Just a, all these tits. It's a, ta- a tasting platter, you could say. Yeah. yeah. 
many different kinds of tits. Exactly. Just a whole spectrum. It was the willies. You never saw willies, Sarah. You never, never did. Still don't. But you know, it's a thing where we say this last time that you can't be erect on television, but only to a certain angle. There's a kind of, there's a degree Yeah, no, erect which, penises aren't allowed on British television, yeah. But you could be like part of the way it's a literal degree at which you know like a 90 of 30 degree angle that they deem to be you can't quite hit the 90 (laughs) yeah anyway 90 is kind of worse than somehow i think like worse i know Um, anyway so that's so what else did charlie brooker say about it yeah um that was kind of the gist of the article it's like the television had gone so far down the pursuit of um, and this was in 2000 the pursuit of like just sensationalism and like grim stuff and just just there were so many shows about like um, strippers then like documentaries about strippers that were just purely voyeuristic mm. and that the um, there's a weird misplaced fascination in those shows which there isn't in, in Eurotrash Eurotrash is fully like on board with whatever these people want to give them Mm. Whereas there's no, and there's no there's no judgment in Eurotrash at all. Oh, well, you're totally anything. right, and there's kind of presumption that uh, this person isn't, you know, you know, with the stripper documentaries, there was a lot of like, mm. let's look into the background of this, you know, there's kind of pretending to give a shit about the, why they've ended yeah. up in this situation, and then presuming they don't want to be in it, you know, but there mm. there's no there was lots of shame, like you said, so Eurotrash, shame free, literally yeah. shame free. Yeah. The first um, three episodes on the Christmas special are on YouTube. Someone's been someone who has this weird archive of British television. The very first episode has a French woman who is an amateur porn director who also appears in her own films with real couples. Ah, and like it's kind of like she, she does this. She's like she's an entrepreneur. Is like the basic attitude of it. She has three, she released over three hundred videotapes. Videotape. Yeah. Amazing. Aww. Yeah, and they got her back for a Christmas special as well, actually. She's only in two episodes, and both of those are up on YouTube. You know what the very first sex segment of Your Trash was about? No. Did you, do you watch American Sex Top Model? Yeah. The very first segment of Your Trash is about Miss J as a catwalk uh, consultant training models how to walk on catwalks. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So Miss, so Miss J, J is, is like from a, the American, uh, American's Next Top Model uh, was sort of, what would you describe Miss J as? What was her or his role? Uh, in in American's Next Top Model, he was one of the judges. He was so one of the judges in, from a kind of... He was kind of, of a snarky, kind of distant, like very much from... you. Now we recognise that as being like very much from the ball scene kind of yeah. attitude. Right. Um, and so apparently he was originally a, like a model female clothes on the catwalk was how he started and then started modeling male stuff. And he used to be able to do pitch perfect impersonations of super supermodel specific walks. <laughs> so then he got specific. hired to teach that to models. Huh? There's, there's like footage yeah. of him doing, a, doing like doing Naomi Campbell, doing Christy Carlton backstage and all the other models going, woo, yeah, yeah. Like, so cool. Losing their shit. It's really cool. So he was on the first ever episode. The very, very first segment was about him. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's interesting because I think they started off with a pretty hefty budget, so they obviously yeah. had confidence in this going to be a thing. But again, mm. it was they it was the tits. They were like, if we're yeah. gonna show people boobies, they're gonna watch this fucking show. And yeah. I think they thought, and they were probably right, if they put it all in the context of the silliness, they would get away with it for as much longer than if they presented it as some sort of sexy, yeah, you know, show. Um, magic, isn't it? So Antoine de Canoe went on. Yeah, I was like, where's he at? How's Antoine? He was at the time, before the show, a legitimate, like, news reader, kind of a, a television personality in France, but a straight one, as in no comedy. Like, he was, yeah. and he went back to do that. He's still, like, uh, very famous. Oh, he's a serious actor. Yeah. yeah, and an actor. Sorry, I forgot about the acting. Uh, actor and director, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, in France before he was, it was like... Um, it was more of a John Oliver type than a serious newsreader. Oh, so he'd, gotcha. He'd do sketches and weird bits. Ah. And then he did Eurotrash from there, and then, but also was doing serious. If he showed up in a film doing a serious role, I would lose my shit. I would not be able to handle it. But I, like he said, like there's basically there's two Anton de Cons. De Cons. There's like the campy print version British people recognize, and then the French people would not recognize that guy at all. Huh. So, so he, he said, it's, yeah. he says fun to just like. He definitely puts become, on the become like, the aid. Yeah, 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 the super yeah. French accent clicks into gear, and uh, it's fucking brilliant. Like, uh, like you can't see it at the moment, but I feel like there might be a bit of a resurgence, you know. And there should be. We should be presenting. We should be allowed to be 
silly again, stupid, playful. and kind of pl- yes, playful, and it's it's okay to be sexy within that too, and uh, yeah. yeah, I just I really I miss that particular style of television, that element of entertainment, and it's the, there's a, the innocence wrapped into it, and I think it, yeah, it's absolutely. So when when camp was the theme of the Met Ball, every single living human being who attended it except like two entirely missed the brief. Yeah. People don't know what camp is because people are fucking afraid of it. Camp is challenging because it's risky and silly and playful, right? What were they interpreting it as? I don't even fucking know. When I looked at all the outfits of the Met Ball, I was like... I don't get this. That's a gold mini dress. I don't think I'd even try it. It was just... Yes, no one is even trying yeah. here. No one is even fucking trying. You're right here. because they were afraid to do the wrong thing or be seen as. Yeah, because camp is maximalism. It's risk. It's excess. It's it risks failure, and part of the failure is the process. Do you know what I mean? To be like, there's a like. Look at your your trash is camped to the walls, right? Is 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 it like just a simple? In my mind, camp means a sort of queer culture. Is is it LinkedIn in tr- it, or yeah, is it inherently, inherently it can yeah. to be queer and it's subversive. It's to take something and kind of play with it and hand it back. Yeah. You know, yeah, like and John Waters what... in The Simpsons kind of is the description. I go where the tragically absurd or the absurdly tragic. That's a really good point. Yeah, the yeah. absurdly tragic or tragically, and then there's there's risk involved mm. in that, right? So is that the year Rihanna did the Pope? Yes, the Pope yes. What did yeah. that? Okay. What did that mean? No wait, was it? Yeah, yeah. No, that, that no, that was the Christian. That was the Christian. Oh, sorry, yeah, that oh, was, was the it? religion okay. here. Uh, which was amazing, <laughs> and that was also camp. Weirdly, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was camp. I'll I'll see if there's any costumes you might remember. Met Gala camp, and like, I, like fucking Kim Kardashian just looked like she was damp, and like it was very distressing. So Lady Gaga wait. wore an orange. Rihanna didn't go that year. Afraid of it. Uh, yeah. Too intimidating. Too, I want to put this image into the chat. Um, I can't think of this actor's name, but he had a million eyes painted on his face oh. and wore a rubber suit and carried it. Ezra Miller. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ezra Miller Met Gala camp. Yes, I that, that. that is camp. Like, that's outstanding. Hmm. Um, but again, it's risk, it's costume, it's performance. Billy Porter wore a black ball gown. Um, Not good enough. Not good enough, Billy. It was, so it was, I got it. I think, and and it's and a, a wiliness that is also matched by an innocence in camp. So know, where really, is camp now? If you end up going too down the academic end of camp, you kind of suck all the fun out. Exactly. Of where does it exist now? Where where is it? It's sort it is, of MIA, isn't it? It is. I wouldn't even say drag race is camp anymore. No, no, it's just very commercial now, and because it's very been a commercial. huge success, clinical. and it is massively clinical. And when it's something is a huge success, it can no longer take risks. So that's the end of that, I guess. So I guess we're just waiting around for to find another sort of something else to crop up. I think the juncture that we're at in history also weirdly forbids campness because we're like, so I think Drag Race, weirdly enough, and the responses to Drag Race, especially when people you don't want to win, win, like the whole Shangela Trixie debacle that happened in All Stars 3, I think, like they're people get very invested in winners and losers and unfair winning and unjust losing at the moment because of gesticulates at America. Um, Like, I think as viewers and as consumers, we are, we are rightfully deeply sensitive at the moment because the world is on fire. To experience camp is to be able to laugh at yourself. Mm. But when everything is burning, it's very hard to laugh at yourself. There's literally a revolution happening. So... Well, it's like, like kind of ex- visiting an ex-communist uh, capital city or an ex-communist country. And you see the kind of, you know, the behavior of people, how people are affected by those, that they're kind of They're traumatized. Well, sure. I mean, they don't smile at each other in the street. The, it's fear and trauma. And I guess yeah. m- not to that same extent, but maybe in a different way, but also very bad. We're left now in this kind of position of... See, well, I am anyway, kind of seeking out the silly again. And I, it's just a reprieve. It's a tiny release. It's revolutionary as well yeah. to push back and still be silly and be like, tits yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Like, to actually <laughs> be able to enjoy that. Yeah, totally, a- totally, totally. It's a, the there's writer, a freedom. Um, sorry. Radical. The writer, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel Sims, Rachel Sims, New York writer. She was saying... Yes, Rachel Sims. She's pretty good. She was saying... Um, 
she reckons we're going to see an explosion of like eccentrics fantastic yeah. oh, well, let's hope everybody's so. gotten so weird in their own houses in their own heads yeah and they're not going to unlearn it once they go back out into the world <laughs> so everybody's going to be much much weirder going forward hopefully and so. her work on eccentrics and glamour in general mm. uh, god i'd love to get her on here she's fantastic yeah um she's rude i'm <laughs> sitting right here <laughs> oh, sorry, <Jen. laughs> you're our rachel sign <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of a guest that i'd prefer to have on. <laughs> But like to I, but I never I, I feel like I've been humming on on this subject for ages. But you actually did really open it up, Jen. I'm like Jesus Christ, we do have a really joyless time. Yeah, like it's heavy. It's heavy. We need a bit of a light relief. Flash on the television now. You could not. But maybe like, it's the thing we all need. Yeah, desperately. And so that's interesting. So there's the suggestion that the return of the eccentrics and we've all spent so... Well, look, the creep dive is a good example of this. Uh, yeah, it totally is. It's kind yeah, of absolutely. a tribe of, of people, and I, I'm obviously, I am one of them, interested in the strange. And it is the silly, even though a lot of it's macabre, very sad and strange. Ultimately, it's just stupid and weird and silly for no reason or just nonsense, yeah. bullshit, and it's gas. But it's so really therapeutic for me yeah. to think about the duck, the di- you know, the dick of a duck, or you know, a falling out of a plane. Sure, it's just yeah. it's just one of those you know, it just breaks the reality and it gives you kind of a bit of you know, I don't know, a second where you're not so focused on like the sheer brutalism of living in 2020, like is. Um, it's it's amazing what it does for your spirit, uh, like yeah. what it does for your heart. Yeah. You know, like, like it's an incredible um, antidote. Sure, I, this would be interesting. Though. Like the will, do you think that will accept? You know, there like eccentrics will be welcomed into the world again, or do you know that way? Or Have we got time for them. Like, well, to be to be publicly eccentric is a celebration, and the question then becomes: When is celebration appropriate? Yes. No. But is, right now, is there a, a very? It, it, there's also an interest in why that person is is acting differently, and then that always comes with a uh, like oh, something must bad must have happened. To, is this is this you know did something terrible happen in their child? You know, is it linked into again trauma? And then the extent when we must all feel sorry for the eccentric. I mean, what's the protocol here? Can we just enjoy? Can we just enjoy? Can a person just be weird? Just be wearing purple because they enjoy purple, not because something terrible and purple happened to them in their youth. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Like yeah. that's a really, really legitimate question. And there's a way of embracing somebody's strangeness without it, you feeling sorry for you know, without it being a sort of, do you know? So I think, like, to be able to laugh with people and not yeah. at them is a really, again, keep in mind the cur- the state of the the world as it is that the idea that like those in power global globally are actively making a mockery of those at risk every day mm. so when then does play and playfulness re-enter the picture on a big scale like when can we sit down and watch an episode of your trash and knock our hands and go is the girl sitting on anton's lap okay yeah uh, yeah <laughs> do we get do we get the luxury of that question i don't know i don't know do we no like i don't you know. think- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the line is. I, I I think we're all sort of using our own intuition here, and you have to trust that the you know you have to trust something, right? Why not if just <laughs> allow it to be itself? Allow people to be themselves and just accept without uh, challenging, just for a second. And I think because of the layout, it was explorative. Like, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Like. That there was no, like, depth to it. No, 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 not at all. There was no learning, Sarah. This was this wasn't a. It was just st- silly and stupid and gas. Yeah, like a Christmas cracker, all. you know. Just and then it was gone. Yeah. Well, it would let people talk for themselves. It would dub them in a, a silly accent, but it was. It would always leave them explain why they were doing things themselves. Yeah. It would always like give them the final word on it. Like, but, but Anton would never really comment on the stories. He was introduced him. He was in the joke as well. Anton yeah. was both being made a joke of because he was talk. French. So he was a lot, you know, there was a huge amount of xenophobia going on within it. No, totally. there. Was, but it's, it's in such a small microcosm of just like just Europeanness. 
yeah. it's just pathetically stupid. Like, we're so different. Look at them in a sauna, how weird and gross. You know, but like, ultimately, I don't know. I don't know. I just love that. Well, does the idea of kind of metropolitanism then, like, and the idea that we all have saunas now, like, <laughs> I've personally been in a sauna once in my life. Um, but does that idea defeat the exotic then, right? Yeah, this good question. This sort of exotic thing where you're like, oh, look, these mad Belgians. I worked in Belgium for two years. Can confirm. Mad people. Good, though. So like, mad. so much weird. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's like, Belgians listening now, Sarah, you know, they love podcasts yeah. and shit-making yeah. machines. Each one has a, their own individual one in their own home. They need to sort their weird Christmas celebrations out, is all I have to say to them. <laughs> What's their weird <laughs> Christmas celebration? Yeah, no, there's their whole blackface Christmas thing they do. No, that's Netherlands, isn't it? Like, Belgium, uh, I was in, I worked in Antwerp, which is sort of literally between those two places. Oh, okay. Yeah. They did there as well. Um, okay. Yeah, the whole thing with uh, St. Nicholas shows up on the 5th of December flanked by children in blackface. What? And you come out of your house and you throw biscuits at them. This what? is a post-bastardization of... Oh, sorry, the Netherlands oh, one is a different one. Is, the Netherlands has its own blackface tradition. which oh, is, is they, they've, they've stopped it now, I think, this year. Yeah. Finally, but it is a whole, it, it's a whole separate blackface tradition. Yeah, um, yeah. I, and I was in uh, a university town in Holland in November... I remember the name um, and I uh, lots of lots of like you go into the pound shop I love pound shops and supermarkets when I go on holidays I love going and looking in supermarkets and it's fully just cardboard cutouts of children in blackface so what's the context I mean why why because Santa Dutch Santa shows up with his chimney sweep boys who are covered in soot okay right not that's a modern edition i believe oh really like, okay such boys and uh he throws you don't throw biscuits at him but he throws biscuits at the children tiny little biscuits which are fucking gorgeous and uh, the little like cinnamon boy little like cinnamon biscuits um really good they have a great name i bought loads of them and they're all eaten um and he throws them at the children uh on the 5th of december i think and that's kid that's chris that's their christmas Europe is mad. Yeah, this is what I mean, though. Like, I mean, if the blackface thing wasn't a part of it, which is fucking terrible, and again, colonialism, the Dutch, like, if that was just Santa, Stalin and throwing biscuits, amazing. Blackface thing, what are you fucking doing? But they're very defensive about it, yeah. so you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And like, okay. we have we have weird Christmassy traditions, like in Kerry, you know, where they like go house to house. The Ren Boys. Like, Who? Uh, no, it's 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 not. I think it's separate from Ren Boys. It's a whole separate Kerry thing, where they will dress up and go to people's houses and do like a Kaylee in someone's house, then move on to the next house. <laughs> like we we could so, we could do oh, invite. Yeah. I mean, no, you just go. Just in the living room. Yeah. You just go in and and would you have your music with you or would someone put the radio on as you were? No, they come. In? They bring their instruments and play. And oh, sorry. Leave. Yeah, yeah. Oh, would you, what if you so, weren't on a forum for that? Like, there would just no, you're just being... I think you're, I think you're expected to know. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the whole, you know, the house mask thing that they do in rural country. I never knew about either. Look, yeah. the whole concept of awake, uh, sorry, the dead person in a house for a few days as well. Mental. Yeah, I kind of love that, though. It's, I, it is weird, you have to admit. Really weird, but yeah. like really beautiful as well. I think it's... Maybe. Really, and other cultures in different places in the world, uh, some, sometimes they will pose their dead uh, friend or relative, you know, standing upright or watching their favorite show on a, in a television chair or like they do mad things. But death, but people's relationship to death is fucking mad anyway. Oh, it's amazing. We but talking, like death also yeah. isn't clean. It's not clandestine. It's not like, like exclusive. It's very to, oh, sure. It's the, the oh, only thing we will <laughs> genuinely all experience. Oh yeah, every single one of us. But like the idea of keeping a dead person in a house and then everyone comes by and sits with their body, I think that's fucking awesome. Uh, it is like, weird, but do you ever find yourself in a room with a dead person who you never met when they were alive? No, I haven't. I have. I, I haven't done that. And I, 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 that's one of those moments that you're like, this is a weird thing to do when you're like, oh yeah, there he is there. Uh, yeah. 
sad for yeah. yes yeah he looks great i mean it's just i assume yeah <laughs> i assume <laughs> whoever did the you know the makeup whatever it's just strange or like the, then you're kind of holding the hand there's touching of of the of the corpse too it's weird that we all know what a dead body feels like. Feels like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You hear a lot of things of like, I was talking to my mom about this. Of like, if somebody dies, like you might sleep in the bed with them. Yeah, that's right. I've heard that. I think, I think that's uh, it's de- again devastating. But if you heard about like otters, who like, if in a family of otters, if an elder otter died, all of the otters gathered and, and nested with the body before bringing it out. Elephants like, do that. Elephants yeah, do that. Yeah, so they mourn their dead. I think they're one of and the only species. Oh, there a lot of other other animals do. They take their they'll bring a, bring the carcass along with them for a little. But I think yeah, you're totally right whales, about that. Whales do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They nudge the corpse along, or they'll yeah. they'll bring it in their mouths, and it's probably like a closure thing, you know. It is. And yeah. that's probably our. You're right that it is important, and that's part of our closing the door on that person. Like, it's like, as like a, I don't know, I when my granddad passed, I, I lived with my grandparents when I was a kid, and when my granddad died, I didn't see his body, and I wasn't allowed to see his body, and I was really angry. I was remember being like, no, like I want to see him, and not in a like I'm so curious. But I want to see where mm. he is or where, you know, and that query being. And what there, age like, were you then? Uh, 11. Yeah, I think that's quite important for kids because yeah. it's such an abstract weirdness like, oh, granny's gone. And you're like, yeah. where? I, my granddad died when I was nine and my parents didn't want me to go to the burial because they thought I wouldn't be able for it. But then I got into my head that I wouldn't be able for this, the, like, the mass the day before either. So I ended up not going to either of them. Yeah. And they should have just like, kind of just let me Deep end. go and deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you, been, yeah, because yeah. and then in your mind you're just imagining it's this really weird. If you're not, you're like excluded, mm. excluded. It's too scary for you to go. You're like, what the fuck is happening there? Yeah. Little did you know, you'd be expected to sit on the knee of your dad grand grandparent for one final time, as you, yeah. your family have propped him <laughs> up in the living room <laughs> with winning streak on, <laughs> and his hand placed over the remote control. Like two of the spinning, two of Marty Whelan's spinning wheels placed in one each eye. <laughs> like, you know? It's but. the way he'd want it. <laughs> it's it is. I'm actually still mad at Marty Whelan because he made fun of my husband very recently on a stage, and I'm fucking what posting some corporate thing that my husband was involved in, and his whole company won some award, and he got up on the stage to accept the award with his team, and uh, Marty Whelan made a shitty comment about my husband's beautiful long hair. What did he say? thousand people he said he looked like uh, John Lennon and or Jesus I don't remember the exact nature of the comment but I was absolutely fuming Sarah you do know why he said that that's a compliment from well Marty, Marty has famously um, struggled with his hair loss and had one of the first hair <laughs> hair tra- this is a fact when I had one of the first hair transplants in Ireland plugs and he's had I didn't a- know that and I'm good and good. I think <laughs> I know I think it, he must have paid a fucking fortune for it because back when the hair you know the hair transplant yeah, thing was kicking off like yeah to, that would make a great segment of an Irish Euro trash that would make a great segment being like history of hair plugs let's get into it like Such close a- up of Marty Wheel and scalp like <laughs> the sound of- yeah there's loads do a quick google you'll get a Marty before and after so um, tell that to your other half and uh, make you feel yeah. better He's just as sensitive. He's sensitive, obviously, about that. Oh, like, if, no, he, he thought it was funny, but I'm mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. No, Marty. No. no. That's a no from me, Marty. Martin. No, thank you. Uh, we have gone so far. Sorry, uh, we went fully off off segue, but that was so enjoyable. All the same, well, for me, I mean, it's, sorry, classically yeah. now, I'm like, I'll oh, just self applaud here, and uh, who would mind. I was I was a great guest. Uh, I was good. one yeah. of deaf. Well, uh, second only to the guest you wished you could have had, Sarah. Yes. And <laughs> um, no, but genuinely, my my big question before we go is, like, would you take on the resp- if you could do Euro Trash, would you do it? Like, if you could produce a new Euro, Euro Trash, one thousand percent. I'm committed to the idea of silliness and boobs and and flaccid dicks, and I I think is you can do that it's okay if everyone's consenting and you're not i mean that's fine that's so yes i would do it yeah would you i think i think i more courage in in the face of more silly well i would like to be involved in something like that i would be interested in seeing if there was a way to show and celebrate 
the weird and strange. And yeah, I think that there's a really there's a really strong case to be made for it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're in. I'm in. Cool, yeah. Alan. I, you know what? I think if they did it, they would need to have uh, that's nice involvement from, from straight men. Okay. So I would okay, fine. myself, but I, but <laughs> I would watch it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good yeah. point. Have, have Christine, have... Christine from Christine and the Queen should host it. <laughs> or just all Irish comedian men, straight Irish comedian men, have <laughs> the a whole segment. Men in the world. We could go yeah. to their bedrooms and talk to them about their feelings. <laughs> Angel babies, one and all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never been disappointed by one of them yeah. no personally never I've never no. even felt disappointment in my life I am mm-hmm. unblemished by sorrow yeah so that's why I can uh, rally on things like Hero Trash because I've never had a bad feeling <laughs> happy great. days I can't wait for us to kick off the show yeah, yeah. audio Euro Trash now that would be great it'd be just dick noises <laughs> you know <laughs> like the thump, r- thump rustle of a microphone rubbing against a bosom yeah, I don't even. I can't. Who doesn't want to hear that? Very distinctive noise. I can't do it with my hands. It requires more more appendages to adequately um adequately give it the ring. Listen, I can't wait. I'm in. I don't there even want go. to wage, and that's saying <laughs> something from me. It's a passion project. The passion project. Uh, Jen, where can we find you? You'll find me in the creep dive. I'm always there. Um, I'm there constantly all the time every time Uh, Mother of Pods you can get old old episodes we'll be back with more of them Uh, and I'll be floating around Rogue so that's where you'll find me Rogan Alan McGuire Uh, I am Alan underscore McGuire everywhere Uh, Sarah where we find you I have nothing else besides this yeah Yeah, I was like I just did the Alan thing yeah we we switched it up Uh, I write books. Uh, you can find them in all bookstores generally that are open. Um, uh, Sparing Ben Parts, in other words, for Smoke, are the two novels that I've most recently written. You can also find me on twitter.com. I do zines every month. You can keep an eye out for those if you like in actual art things sent to your gaff. Uh, I also write for Rogue. Um, I, do, I do the horoscopes. <laughs> um, uh, Alan, yes. Uh, oh yeah, so Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter and Juvenalia pod on Instagram. We have a Patreon. There are bonus episodes about stuff Seven. like Moomins and Sherlock and Lost and all kinds of stuff. Um, thank you to Dean McDonald for our artwork. Thank you. Thank you to Cassie and Tall Tales for being our home. And we miss you, Alan. And we miss Alan. Yeah, and listen to all the other Tall Tales podcasts. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.